If you're a woman over 40 dealing with hot flashes, insomnia, brain fog, moodiness, or weight gain, you don't have to accept it as just another part of aging. The experts at Midi Health know all these symptoms can be connected to the hormonal changes of menopause. And Midi can help with safe, effective, FDA-approved solutions covered by insurance. 91% of Midi patients get relief from symptoms within just two months. Book your virtual visit today at joinmidi.com. As humans, we're naturally driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search. Match. With Indeed, when I was looking to hire someone, it was so slow and overwhelming. I wish I had used Indeed. If you need to hire, you need Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. And Indeed doesn't just help you hire faster. 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites, according to a recent Indeed survey. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash podcast. That's Indeed.com slash podcast. Terms and conditions apply. Sift Pop Podcast is recorded in front of a live internet audience. Live from a bunker in the heart of the Ozarks, we've scanned the room for pencils just in case a fight breaks out. It's Sift Pop. A pencil. A pencil. Want to see a magic trick? <laughs> uh, welcome to Sif Pop, streaming live on Mixler every Friday or available to download later in your podcast feed. Unless, of course, you're a patron. Patrons get perks! Ugh! Yeah, they do. I'm Aaron Dicer from yourmoviefriend.com, and I'm joined by Andrew Ormsby from Flick Freaks. Ahoy! Every week we'll be joined by a pop culture guru to chat about movies, television, and whatever else from the pop culture universe is on our minds. And today's guru, big round of applause, Jareth is back! Woo! Hooray! It's Jareth. All Tower Media, right? Like, where can people find you? All Tower Media Podcast.com, and I'm also on Flick Freaks uh, pretty regularly. Yep. So, so, what are you doing on, on Andrew's channel? What are you doing over there? Uh, we do I lot- stole them a long time ago. <laughs> yeah. Uh, we do a lot of Let's Plays and uh, the podcast, oh, cool. but we haven't done that in a little bit. But Cool. He's my co host over there. Very nice. Um, well, we appreciate you being here. How have you been? I've been great, and Life's I appreciate good. being here. I wanted to mention uh, you've you've got a TARDIS on your shirt. How big of yes. a Who fan are you? That's hard to say because uh, it's not like I can't make it a number. Um, <laughs> I'm a five on a, on on a one scale, scale of one uh, to one hundred. I love the Russell T Davies era of the rebooted Doctor Who. Okay, yeah, I'm with you. Um, yeah, Mo- once Moffat took over, I'm not. Super. See, I like Moffat too, though. They're very different. And I can see how somebody would not enjoy Moffat that didn't enjoy Davies, but. David Tennant is my doctor. Mine too. Always will be. Here's a question Did you like the. There's a great joke in Lego Batman, the great Doctor Who joke, which we won't spoil here. Maybe in our spoiler cast we will. But did that get you? Like, uh, yeah. Oh, that was I, great. Um, yeah. I, <laughs> that was one of the times in that movie that I almost wept from laughing. <laughs> nice. All right, well, we're going to have a fun show today. We've got lots to talk about, so we'll get right to it. Um, We've got Lego Batman to talk about. Mm -hmm. We've got John Wick 
to talk about uh, John Wick 2, I should say. Chapter uh, and I guess I should say the Lego Batman movie. That's the full title, even though everybody just calls it Lego Batman. The Lego Batman movie and John Wick Chapter 2. John Wick Chapter 2 that we'll be talking about. We will also be doing our best ever challenge with Keanu Reeves movies. We're each going to pick our top three Keanu Reeves movies That's and hard. chat a little yeah. bit about that. And of course, we'll finish with some buried treasure. But first, Andrew, what do you got for... Uh, for some Do We Care today. Every single week, we choose three items for Do We Care, where we scour the social medias to find out what's going on in the entertainment world. We uh, we have two weeks' worth of stuff we need to get caught up on, since we weren't here last week. Well, we only have time for three, though. I know, but okay. I mean, like, it's right. going to be two weeks going back. Well, hopefully that knowledge. means it'll be like you know potent stuff then. You know, you've got oh, two I didn't weeks to say pull that. from. Okay. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> the first one up, IMDb, the world's most popular search engine for any sources of entertainment like films and television, will be removing its message board feature entirely from the site on February 20th. Users will no longer be able to discuss with each other anything about upcoming shows, television, or films. I care. Okay. Jareth? I didn't even know it had one, so... (laughs) So, no. Yeah, I guess. Here's why I care. I think that's a really smart move on their part because I think they want to establish themselves as an information hub, which is what they've always been good at. Mm-hmm. There are plenty of other places doing more of the community aspect of, you know, pop culture, that kind of stuff. And if they want to excel as just the place to go to for information, they can't got, get distracted by a lot of those kind of community features. By making it more social. Yeah. Yeah. They're not a, they're not a social platform. No. Letterboxd is a social platform. IMDb is an information. Yeah. I mean, it's database is in the title. You know, that's what the D stands for. I, I, I'm a little upset because I was an active user of the message boards. Oh, I see. But hits I you, get hits why, you at home. The reason they said that they're doing it is not because they want to be an in information. It's because that they have come to the conclusion that it is no longer a friendly source. It's just... Um, hate message board now. Like I hate this project. I hate the fact that this actor's in it. That's and the internet. It's yeah. That's what I. That's what I was thinking. If that's your reason for getting rid of it, then don't internet. Because <laughs> don't internet. Don't internet. But at the same time, IMDb is kind of supposed to be family friendly. And if you have kids that are going on message boards for movies and sure. they're getting trolled. That's what, like, Twitter and Facebook are for, not IMDb. Yeah, Twitter and Facebook are for trolling kids. <laughs> yeah. Well, hey. Quote, uh, quote Andrew Armsby. Yeah. <laughs> I use Twitter and Facebook for trolling children. I saw the social network. That's literally a line that Zuckerberg said in the movie. <laughs> that's right. That's what he was trying yeah. to do. Yeah. It's raining outside. I love trolling children. <laughs> <laughs> um, I, I feel like it's a good decision. I, I also do resonate deeply with the can we make the internet like a nicer place i don't know how to do it get rid uh, of anonymity i'm i that i think that is part of it but even with that i still think there's just something people like attention and sometimes they feel like they can get the most attention by being harsh the uh, only way we can change the internet is to change society and how we act absolutely totally agree i think that's right on here's how you do it people need to realize that just because you believe something doesn't mean it's a fact that is also that is also true. Understand the difference between facts and opinions, as we learned in Inside Out. Exactly. Um, I still haven't seen it. Really? Yeah, I've heard really great things. I just never got around. It's to a good it. movie. See it immediately. 
It is wonderful. Okay, I will go. I will watch it right now on <laughs> That's my right. phone. Bye, we'll do a, everyone. We'll do a two-person podcast. You go watch Inside Out and then come back and report. Uh, I actually had a conversation on my YouTube recently with somebody who called me an idiot for something in one of my reviews and basically said, "I don't, I don't disagree with any of your comments about like the substance of what you're saying." Because I had used a wrong country, I think. I said it was for the line review, and I said he was from Austria instead of Australia, uh, which is a, an awful mistake, and I hadn't caught it. And I was like, that's fine. Call me out on it. I don't mind. But Just, why yeah. do you have to be mean about it, you know? Yeah. And so we kind of had a little conversation. And what I found usually is when you give somebody the humanity of interacting back with them, at least this has been my experience so far, a lot of times they'll come back and be like, hey, I'm sorry. I, I you know, for a second there, I forgot there's an actual person on the other end of this, you know, doing that thing. So, yeah. Um, anyways, I, I think it's I think it's each of us doing our part just to make a nicer world. Like you said, it yeah. happens out here first. Yeah. So what's next? Number two. Speaking of Batman, Ben Affleck will no longer be directing the Batman. Yeah. He has a quote, and I'm going to read it to you now. First off, do you guys care? Yeah, absolutely. I totally care. Yeah. All right. This here's is interesting his quote. to me. Very interesting. In fact, I told you about it as soon as I found out. Yeah, you did. Like, you texted me, and I was like, yeah, I heard. And I was uh, like, <laughs> I was, I'd been depressed all day, and then Jared, I was just about to move on, and Jared texted me again. I'm like, oh, I guess I'm back here again. No, I'm, <laughs> I'm joking. I'm joking. That's not true at all. Um, ben Affleck is quoted as saying, performing this role demands focus, passion, and the very best performance I can give. It has become clear that I cannot do both jobs to the level that they require. That's a cover story. That's, yeah. that's, that's he he knows the material isn't good and he doesn't want it under his name. Yeah. Right? Like I mean I mean, they've already have a history of saying fluffy nice things and then they're really definitely saying that this is awful. Well, yeah. and they just totally they announced what yesterday that they're completely reimagining the script. Like they just dumped mm-hmm. their script. So it's obvious the material, you know, wasn't good. I, I am on record as saying I'm not sure this movie is happening. I don't know that the the Batman movie, as we're thinking about it, with Ben Affleck will ever happen. I think eventually we'll get an announcement, probably within the next six months, that they're going a different direction. You know what I'm going to think? I'll wait until the Justice League movie comes out. They're going to wait yeah. until see how that plays. Yeah, yeah, probably. Not Wonder Woman because I think. Wonder Woman might be the first good DC movie, but maybe um, let's let's yeah. all watch the movie before we make that decision. I mean, haven't too many people been burnt by the DC movies before? Oh yeah. So again, I'm it I'm the guy that, I'm the guy that doesn't watch trailers, so I don't it get excited so in the same way as other people. But all I heard about was how amazing the Suicide trailer was, in or Suicide Squad trailer yeah. was. If you put Queen to any trailer, you're going to get hyped for it. Well, then they like took the people who did the trailer and threw them in. And they made the the movie. Yeah. (laughs) Because the first set of trailers was not good. Well, let's, let's not get too bogged down in our depression about the DC universe. Yeah. Once, uh, we've, we've got, you know, a good DC movie. The DC to talk about, so we'll get there eventually. Yeah. Is it the DC extended universe? That is the extended universe because for the movies, they can't say, cinematic universe because that would mean that it's the same characters from the cw series and the movies at which they are stupidly separating themselves from i've had we've had discussions yeah, about we, how we're I super think, matt grant gustin from yeah the flash. i think the flash should have been in the movies i think that kid is amazing so and great on that show yeah well that and those shows are doing well that's right people are actually watching them yeah you have you have a ground for it that isn't just people like batman yeah no that's uh, a great yeah. point all right Number three, the final Do We Care article. 
Tim Miller, the guy who directed Deadpool, you guys may have heard of it as the second highest grossing R-rated film ever. Dead what? What is this again? Dead what? Deadpool. Something pool? Okay. Deadpool. It's a French film. I thought it was pronounced <laughs> Deadpool. Deadpool, yes. Deadpool. Yeah. <laughs> Tim Miller, the guy who directed that, has found his next uh, film that he's going to be working on. And it is? Alongside James Cameron. Ooh. Terminator. Next Terminator from the guy that did Deadpool. Yes. They have not uh, yeah, said if this that. is going to be a reboot. Another reboot? <laughs> no, like not a sequel. Like they may be rebooting the whole I thing. Genesis was a reboot. No, Genesis played in the same universe, didn't it? Yeah, it was okay. it was technically still Terminator five. I didn't actually end up going to see it, so So they don't know if this is going what Terminator five did is it reset the universe. I don't what they're saying here is they don't know if this is going to Wipe the whole slate clean. Start over a brand new Terminator. Like, no Arnold at all. Or what's going to happen here? Mm. Uh, Terminator is a great property. Um, I think maybe it's done, though? Yeah, I wonder. But this is going to be the first time James Cameron has come back. This to be a part of it? Yeah, because he's only done one Terminator movie, and it's the best Terminator movie. Yeah. Oh, wait, no, I t- he's done... He did the first two, actually. Okay. Yeah, yeah, I was going to say, he did one and two. Yeah, but I mean... Those are the only good Terminator movies. <laughs> so if he's coming back to co-direct it with Tim Miller, which I don't know why they chose Tim Miller. Why do you need him? I mean, Deadpool was good, but it wasn't. What like, else has Tim Miller done? That was it. Just that? Deadpool. That's odd. Yeah. Maybe How did he get chosen for Deadpool then? He was a stunt choreographer. Ah, interesting. Well, that could have something to do with it. Oh, he might he understand also be action. Like- you know. He might also be like friends with the people in charge or something. There you go. It's all about who it's you all know networking. in Hollywood. That's what it is. Right. I, didn't he leave the project for Deadpool two? Yeah, after, he's not doing Deadpool two. Well, yeah, he. I thought that he like was having conflicts with like Ryan Reynolds or something. Yeah, they both had different opinions on where Deadpool two should go, and so he left. Yeah, yeah. Which there is. News. I'm on Team Reynolds on that one. Yeah. Whatever the guy wants. Whatever Reynolds wants with Deadpool, Reynolds gets. Yeah, it's his show. <laughs> it's his thing. Yeah. I know this is, it's not part of Do We Care. I just want to throw this out there because I thought it was a fun thing that I found in the news. Uh, they said that Cable was going to be, you know, in Deadpool 2. They think they found who they're going to choose to play Cable alongside Ryan Reynolds. Pierce Brosnan. I don't know about that. I I don't know about anything when it comes to Deadpool. I First of all, I, and I get some hate for this, probably deservedly, I think Deadpool is an overrated movie. It's a great movie, but I think fans' love for how they got that character perfectly is blinding them to some of the faults of that movie. I think there are real story and continu- continuity issues with that movie. I think there are times where the uh, idea of the self-referential, breaking the you know the fourth wall kind of stuff actually harms the universe in some ways because it you can't logically hold together but at the end of the day i just it depends on what they deliver on screen if all they have to do is crack jokes they're going to be fine if people are fine with that but if people actually want a solid story and something to care about i don't think they've done that yet i'd like to go on record and say that i thought that deadpool was like a, an award-worthy film I thought, there you go i thought that we don't have to agree here on Seth Pop. <laughs> have another good dinosaur moment. I actually uh, kind no, of I agree with Where are the again. pencils? Where are Never the pencils? Again. <laughs> I agree with both of you on this point. Nice. Um, because yes, Such it a is, politician. It is a very it is overrated. I think it for is for certainty. And there there are definitely flaws to the film. Um and they're very glaring, especially once you look past the 
the uh, sheen of the hilarity. craziness and hilarity. Yeah. Um, but on the other hand, it does what it's trying to do so well. That's true. That's a great point. Yeah. That it deserves recognition yep. for that. Sure. Um, I get that. That's going to wrap it up for Do We Care. All right. We will move on to the Lego Batman movie. Yeah. Must be great to be Batman. Batman, we love you! Thank you. I'm blushing super hard under the mask. Batman! Pray God. Thanks, Batman! I can only imagine he's going home right now to party the night away, surrounded by friends and lady activewear models. Hey, computer. I'm home. I'm home. I'm home. Lego Batman. Following up uh, the Lego movie, which was a huge success, kind of a surprising success for Warner Brothers, uh, with kind of the same animation style, same quick and clever humor. Uh, this time we're joining Batman in Gotham as uh, he's trying to save the city from Joker and friends, but he might have to team up with some people to do it instead of being the lone vigilante. So let's start here. What did you think about the Lego Batman movie? Did you like it? Love it? It was okay? Disliked it or hated it? I loved it. Loved it. I almost loved it. High end of liked it. Loved it. All right. Loved it. I think it sets a very difficult uh, bar to reach for comedies for this year. <laughs> it's really funny. Yeah. We should we should just start there. Let's talk about how funny this movie is. Yeah. Uh, it is one of those movies. This is my favorite kind of humor. I'm a sucker for this kind of humor where it's not only really funny, it's really clever mm-hmm. and it's also really quick. We've talked about Deadpool a little bit. It kind of gave me Deadpool vibes with some of the ways it was treating the DC universe and the jokes it was making, you know, yeah. self-referential in some of those ways. It, it reached into the deeper pockets of uh the mythos to get some of the more absurd parts of itself yeah. and make fun of them. Yeah. Yeah, uh, I, I thought it was really funny and maybe in the spoiler cast uh, which will be the next uh, podcast in your podcast feed if you subscribe to Sif Pop. Um, maybe we'll talk more about the specific jokes because I don't want to spoil them for yeah, people who no, haven't seen it. Yeah, because they're really funny. But I just I I felt like like it was funny and it was funny throughout. I do think it slowed down a little bit when it started to get into the plot with the humor. Yeah, but um, but man, especially at the beginning, I I thought it was hilarious. I think that this film is like the last remnant of like the old Zucker style of comedy you know I like was parody yeah like i think that there's really good parody comedy that you saw mm-hmm. in like the airplane or the naked gun kind of movies yeah and i wondered where that humor had gone in film and i think that it's actually here i think that animated and films animated films have taken it up a little bit yeah it up so i thought it was one of the funniest movies i've seen in a really long time there was certainly lots of laughter in the theater i heard you guys cracking up a I, lot I, of the I love that it Parts was, uh, I was almost crying i was laughing so hard. i did i did cry multiple my eyes were always <laughs> moist from laughing uh but i love that there were children in the theater and it was at least uh the section where we were sitting it was me uh roper one of the guys i do the spoiler cast with and andrew and that was where all of the big loud laughter was. Yeah. It was like three grown men <laughs> just like uproarious and then like I, the children were they were laughing. But. I think I think children will have fun with this movie, but I think it's a movie for adults. Oh totally. I, I think it's more a movie for our generation than it is for their generation. Yeah. Even but though it, they'll enjoy it. But it plays like a movie for kids. Right, yeah, exactly. Because yeah. there there's nothing obviously in a Lego movie that you don't want a child to see necessarily yeah right i'd like to start off by saying this do it if they gave oscars to voice actors 
Will Arnett's winning No Questions so Asked. Good. Why don't they? Well, voice actors I, work hard because I can tell the you Oscars why. have enough awards that they're giving out already, and that show is like nine hours long. Well, and and I think I mentioned this on a previous SIF pop. Um, I'm in the Critics uh, Choice Group, the Broadcast Film Critics Association. We actually nominated Scarlett Johansson for Best Supporting Actress for her, a movie she never appears in. It's all her voice. So it's not without precedent somebody getting a nomination, you know, at an award ceremony for just a voice performance. But I think at the end of the day, it's the same as it is with motion capture. They, it's just not something that they see the person as involved in that performance because they don't have to be on screen. Then they haven't seen uh, Benedict Cumberbatch doing the motion capture for Smog, <laughs> right? Because he's yeah. like crawling around, right? Yeah. No, absolutely. I and and we've talked. Circus has deserved nominations for his work, you mm-hmm. know, both in Lord of the Rings and in you know the Planet of the Apes movies. So. Yeah. You know, I, I wish people would open their minds to understand that that is a performance as well, but it's just, it's not, well, it's not your typical performance. We're, I guess we're getting there because, I mean, an, animation in general has also kind of come a long way in the terms of respect it's gotten. Because, um, like, once it was like animation was just for kids, right? Mm-hmm. At least uh, in the American view. Right. And then, so as a result, it was never taken seriously, and now, now it more is. Like Lego Batman is animated and it's phenomenal and four grown adults went and saw it and <laughs> had a great time. Yeah. Uh, one of the other things uh, I liked, um, unless you had more you wanted to say about Will Arnett, I don't want to cut that off because he was spectacular. Oh, yeah. No, that's all I have on that point. Yeah, he was, he was so phenomenal. He's just he's, perfect. Is he's, he your favorite Batman? Yeah, he really is. Yeah. he. I, I just, I love what he does. And maybe I just need to see Batman as a comedy, you know? Maybe that's go back to the '60s silliness, and there are certainly some references to the well, '60s Batman in here that are hilarious. But... Maybe not exactly the '60s. Okay, silliness. well, okay, but fair <laughs> enough. But I'm just saying, you know, I, I'm I miss you know funny. Yeah, Batman. Adam West wasn't self-referential at all. No, he was funny on accident. Yeah, <laughs> unintentional humor. Yeah, but you were saying Aaron? I was saying one of uh, one of the things uh, I really loved about the movie was the. Um, the art style. You talk about the animation it being an animated film. Think about this. Stop motion thrown in here and there. Yeah, well, it's kind of stop motion. It's mostly computer generated. They've talked yeah. about how even though it looks like a stop motion film, it's it's really computer but generated. They, they were very specific in all their details. Yes. Like yeah, the exactly. fire and the explosions right. were all Lego-y. Yeah. Even though they were happening quickly. So think about this. Think about this advantage they have. They have their own animation style. Nobody else can copy it. No. Like, it, only Lego movies are going to look like this. That's kind of cool. Like, yeah, they yeah. have their own visual style that no other movie can copy. I find that really fascinating. And anybody who does is going to very quickly, everyone's going to know that that's what yeah, they're doing. Right. Yeah, right. I mean, they, and they probably even couldn't for, you know, if it's Legal. Legos for legal reasons, you know? Bravo to Lego just in general for becoming this sort of franchise. Yeah. They were a block toy. <laughs> You're not going to see the Lincoln Log movie. He might now. Like 20 <laughs> years ago. Lincoln Logs will be the DC universe of the Lego <laughs> world. We've got to catch up in a world where you'll need to build a log cabin. <laughs> That's right. One man had a vision. Oh, Lincoln. Man. What else did you guys like? The heart of this film lies in the chemistry between Will Arnett, who plays Bruce Wayne in, uh, as, in Batman, and Michael Sarah, who's Dick Grayson in Nightwing. And a little bit, uh, you know, uh, the Joker as well. I'll get on that in a little okay, bit. Okay, all right, all right. But the fact that these guys have worked together 
on projects for like Arrested Development. Proven you know, chemistry. Proven yeah. chemistry. And I think that that's the backbone of this film. So if you don't feel these two together, it's not going to work. But they meld together so perfectly. Yeah. It's a beautiful thing to behold. Yeah, I, I really enjoyed uh, Sarah's performance in this as well. I thought he was, was great. What else, Jareth? What else did you like? Um, well, it, it was referential even outside of itself. Um, like it, it made a lot of references to other things. Older pop culture references. Mm-hmm. Sure. Um, and then some, obviously, newer or reborn uh, pop culture references. And normally I'm against that. Because I feel like it's a kind of a, a weak storytelling. Well, and uh, sometimes, technique, but... and you and you could feel it at times being handcuffed by what they were allowed to say. Like they couldn't call something exactly what it was, or you know, yeah. because of rights issues. And so sometimes that can be distracting too. But um, I don't know. Somehow they got it just right. Where my normal uh, opposition to this turned in their favor. It's also part of what they do. Like, that was in the Lego movie, too. Because there are so many different kinds of Lego sets, that's part of their universe is that they are all of pop culture, you know, in Legos. So you even saw that in the, like, the Master Builders, uh, you know, gathering in the Lego movie. Which they do reference that in this, Mm -hmm. uh, because he's got his Master Builder mix, and Mm -hmm. he does it. Yeah. So, clearly this seems to be set... In the the full greater universe, it's it's interesting. I couldn't I couldn't stop thinking. I don't know that this is a negative. Uh, I I just mention it. I couldn't stop thinking. Okay, knowing what we know about the original Lego Movie, uh, which spoiler alert. I mean, it's been a while since this movie's been out. So if you haven't seen it yet, then yeah. you know probably close your go ears. see it. Yeah, go see it and close your so ears funny. just here for a second. The reveal in that is that you know this is a kid in, you know trying to play with his dad's Legos in the real world, right? Which is a beautiful yeah. reveal. Uh, so I couldn't stop thinking during this movie about that kid that he's doing this. Is, yeah, is this all? It kind of added to it a little bit because yeah. it gives its silliness and ridiculousness another level of authenticity. Because you know, kids play like that. You know, yeah. So it's just it's interesting to think of it in that way. Yeah. Here's the biggest takeaway for me on this film. Out of everything we've said, the most shocking thing about this film is how knowledgeable the writers were about man ba- about Batman. This is actually a brilliant. Batman movie. See, like, I wouldn't have picked up on that the way you you have. Yeah. So they totally understand the mentality behind this character and how he treats people. Not necessarily the huge ego that this Batman has. Batman. Yeah. But I'm talking about like how he keeps everyone around him at a distance because he doesn't he can't get close to anybody emotionally because he's emotionally incapable of losing anybody close to him. Mm-hmm. And they definitely have the huge part about this movie is how knowledgeable they are about some lesser known and some incredibly lesser known Batman villains that they threw into this. You movie. dropped a bomb on me uh, before we started recording okay. that I was not ready for because this movie I thought was making up ridiculous Batman villains. Every single and one you of dropped them a bomb to me real. that every single villain that's mentioned in this movie is a real Batman villain. Yes. Yes. I find that hard to believe. With the exception of the ones later in the film. Yeah, yeah. Obviously. The ones from Oh yeah. no no, you're just talking about the beginning scene where the they where they go through the litany of For that list, yeah. Yeah. And I won't I won't ruin the awesome joke at the end of that. But um Yeah, but yeah every it, single one of them is a real Batman villain. Wow. Well some of them are They've been a Batman villain, but they were also 
from a different character's, like the Arrow one was an, originally an Arrow villain, but then they went and fought Batman too. Oh wow! Because everybody's gone to fight by Batman at one point or another. Yeah, yeah. exactly. But yeah, yeah every single one of them is a real Batman villain. It's and like the a fact rite that of they passage. that they went down not only to like B and D level characters, they went to like asterisk level character lesser known characters in the film they called them c-list yeah all the c-list villains these are like z-list characters yeah that's amazing that really blew my mind when you said that Mm -hmm. i i I did not think for a second that they actually were all batman villains any other pros before we get into cons no let's talk about the things we didn't like uh i'm guessing i have more than you guys but is there something you didn't like about the movie didn't enjoy i have something but i just finished talking so i didn't super love the joker that was mine um like i liked the character and once i was able to separate myself from the joker then it was fine so later in the film it was more okay for me but zach galifianakis voiced the joker right okay yeah was it okay that makes sense that uh, yeah now that i'm thinking about it that adds up but i i didn't i didn't like that portrayal necessarily yeah um i found it funny I found the thing they did with the Joker and Batman to be humorous. Oh, yeah. No, yeah. The, the the character, I, I guess, is just separating myself from the Mark Hamill-style Joker. Yeah. yeah. Was uh, very difficult for me, and so this was a very different take on that, um, or a very different version, I guess. <laughs> I, so. I didn't notice that, but again, I'm not as like into that world as much as maybe you guys are, but tell me a little bit, Andrew, because you seem to have the same feeling. So... For me, it was Zach Galifianakis. Uh, not that he was miscast or anything, because he's obviously a funny guy. But it was potentially just the writing and the way that he delivered that character. Because the Joker, ironically, is the least funny part about this movie. And he should have some killer, hilarious moments in this movie. But the only funny parts were from the actual animators and what they did for that character. Well, I would disagree with that. I, I mean, I don't want to talk about it necessarily until spoilers, but there were a few Joker moments I thought were genuinely funny in the writing and the delivery. I felt like those were more situational and less. Yeah, no, I would agree with that. I would agree with that. Yeah. Because one thing that the Joker needs is a great Joker laugh. Zach didn't have a great Joker laugh. Ah, like that's check that the off calling the list. card of the Joker is his laugh, and it was not there. Yeah. Uh, my negatives, uh, number one, uh, the plot is very basic. Again, both of my negatives, I have two major negatives. I, I should say two negatives. They're both very minor. Uh, I really loved this movie, but there were two things that stood out to me that you could you could kind of pick apart. One is that the plot is very basic, so the plot itself is not that compelling, but that's not why you're going to see this movie anyway, so it's not a huge deal. Um, and, and it's a good plot. Like, I'm not saying it's even a bad plot. It's just, just not, simple. Yeah, it's just very, very simple. And, and you know where it's going, and you know what's going to happen with it. Um, Does so, it... I'm sorry. Do you think that ties into your simplistic, it's just a kid playing, so the plot doesn't have to be... Yeah, I, it can, absolutely. But here's the thing. They didn't say it. Uh, I guess I would put it this way. If the plot were as clever as the humor was, this would be a home run movie. Um, okay. And, and the Lego movie, the plot is as clever as the humor is. And so that's why I think that's a better movie. Do you do you like the Lego movie more than you like the Batman? Yes, okay. I do. I do. Uh, I, I, I'm know. with I, you. I, I like the Lego movie more. I'm not saying I love this movie, though. <laughs> it is good. It the is Lego good. movie speaks to me specifically, whereas this doesn't. Right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because, like, the, 
the the overall idea of the Lego movie is more universal than this one. Right. Because this is like let people in and stu- stuff, but that's not everybody's in that headspace. Sure. No, totally. <laughs> totally. The other one, again, a minor point, but I'm not sure that Batman, the way he is formed in this universe, makes a good protagonist because you need your protagonist to change and the movie does that. But I'm not sure I wanted him to change. Yeah. Like I liked the Batman at the beginning of the movie more than I liked the Batman at the end of the movie. Does that make sense? Like, yeah. I, there's some. It's like I, I kind of like him the way he was. You know, like I yeah. wasn't rooting for that change to happen in that character. Well, you understand so I know that's why a, he had to change. Sure, no, no, no. From I an get audience it. standpoint, you don't want him to change. But right. Morally, there's a reason why he no, should. Totally, I totally get all that, and that's why it's just a minor point, but. I just wonder if he's not the perfect protagonist, you know, for a movie in the way that he's formed in this universe. Because I love him just the way he is. Which is know? why he made such a great uh, supporting character in yes, the Lego movie. exactly. Because yeah. then he doesn't have to change. He just gets to be, you know, in Batman is the worst person I've ever met. <laughs> <laughs> right. Uh, let's do one more thing if you've got it. Uh, Andrew, what's your one more thing? Movie of the year. No questions asked. What so far? So far, that's not too hard. We just got through January. We've only reviewed three movies so far this year. Uh, we technically we've only reviewed two because third one's on the way. Uh, uh, Split is still my movie of the year. Really? Okay. Yeah. This is definitely going to be a very difficult comedy to beat. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Um, Especially er- this early on in the year, like they came out swinging. Hilarious for all ages. I think so too. Well, uh, how How old is your youngest? That my youngest was is there? twelve. Okay. What did he think of the movie? Oh, they all loved it. They all had a great time. Okay. They Excellent. thought it was really, really funny. Um, I think my one more thing is the first 15 to 20 minutes of this movie could be its own short film and be perfect. Yeah. It, it, the first 20 minutes of this movie is about as perfect a comedy as I've ever seen. It was so funny and so clever and so quick. Uh, in fact, one of my sons leaned over to me after that first opening you know, scene and uh, and said... That would have been an amazing short film right there. He's like, you know, I got my money's worth already, you know. And it's it's kind of that kind of movie. It's very insightful. That, uh, yeah. that begins begins well. So that would be my one more thing. Uh, there it is. The Lego Batman movie. Huzzah. A, a resounding recommendation, I think, from all three of us. Yeah. yeah. Even though I enjoy it maybe just a slightly. I think it would be in like the B-plus range for me. A. So, yeah. I'd, I'd say A-minus, B-plus. Yeah, I'd yeah. give it an A-minus. Very cool. All right, moving on to the next movie. Got a two for this week. We're going to talk about John Wick 2. Hot dog. The man, the myth, the legend. John Wick. You're not very good at retiring. I'm working on it. Yeah, he's back. The Picasso of pistols. The Barishnikov of bullets. The Hitchcock of headshots. The Legolas of lead poisoning. It's John Wick. I, I don't know that anybody died of lead poisoning. <laughs> oh, yes. Oh, yes. There was lead in two different ways given yeah. to people that killed them in this movie. Yeah, I, just I, wouldn't, call it, I wouldn't call it poisoning. But yeah. if the, it, I, immediate poisoning. <laughs> yeah, exactly. It's fast acting. Um, okay, so John Wick is forced back out of retirement by a former associate who's plotting to seize control of a shadowy international assassin's guild. Bound by a blood oath to help him, John travels to Rome where he squares off against some of the world's deadliest killers. What do you guys think of John Wick 2? Liked it, loved it, it was okay, disliked it, or hated it? Really liked it. 
Really liked it. So close to loved it, but just kind of... I don't know if it's close to... It's, a, it's definitely really liked it, though. So a solid like. Solid like, yeah. I liked it a lot. Um, probably sitting around where Andrew is, most okay. likely. I'm going to be just under you guys again. I was on the low like, end of liked it. Uh, closer to it was okay for me. Um, but I, I think I would go with liked it. I do have a specific reason why I did really like this movie. Here's why. Um, the first movie, whenever I initially heard the plot for John Wick 1, I thought it sounded ridiculous. Yeah. And I was really surprised by how good that movie was. Yeah, it's phenomenal. So going into number two here, to chapter two, the bar is set. They have to deliver a good movie because it was so easy for them to fall on their faces with this movie. Yeah. And they didn't. So I think that's why I'm like, wow, you pulled it off twice. I wouldn't say they passed the bar, but they definitely reached the bar. I, I think it's. I think this is a worse movie than the original. Um, oh, I'm not saying for, that for it's. Many a, reasons, I'm not saying but, it's better than the original. I'm yeah. just saying that there there is a bar there. Like you have to make a good action. Oh movie. right. Okay. So you're saying the expectations have changed. The expectations. The expectations for the original John Wick were not high at all, and no. so it blew people away. The expe- expectations for this are high because of the That's original what John I'm Wick. Saying. Got it. Yeah. That's okay. I'm, I'm following you now. Yeah. That makes sense. Another thing, uh, real quick, Keanu Reeves' ability. To impress me at his age to pull off these amazing choreographed stunts with no quick cuts and no, you know, flashy, uh, quick movements of the camera. Wiggle camera. I hate wiggle camera. He is solid, man. Like, he is incredible. Yeah. Um, How old is he? Do you know? Uh, 50 or no, maybe he's like four. Let me see here. There was a lot of stairs falling. That's that's (laughs) hard. I don't think that was him. It's hard for anybody. I think at that any was a stunt age. double. Keanu Reeves is fifty-two, dude. At least some of those Wait, stairs were. But him. then again, I'm sorry, he I said a, the wrong thing. Hold he on. is immortal. Whoa. Tell me that. Yeah, tell me that again. Okay, Keanu Reeves is fifty-two. Whoa. Okay, <laughs> that was much better. Strange things are afoot at the Circle K. <laughs> yeah. Um. Seriously though, impressive. He absolutely was impressive. What yeah. did you like about it, Jared? Um. Okay. <clears throat> so the fight choreography continues to impress. Yeah, for sure. Um. It's always impressive. Uh, the way they portray gunfighting is different than you see it in any any other film, and not just because he's using like gun martial arts or whatever. Just gun fu. Yeah, gun kata. I think is gun, what gun kata in a what is that movie? Equilibrium. Equilibrium. Yeah. Uh, with Christian Bale. Yeah. Weird movie. Great concept. Weird execution. Yeah. But um. The portrayal of gun combat and just the way the fights play out is different than you're going to see in virtually any yeah any other very uh, action movie. It's because this movie, I don't know if you guys knew this, it was directed, the original one originally, they're directed by stunt choreographers. They're tired, they said they were tired of watching these action movies where all the hard work they put into the choreography was ruined by shaky cam and quick cuts. Shaky they cam is the worst. That's why, like... The the Bourne movies are infamous for the worst quick cuts and shaky cams. It's it kind of the fight. it's kind of the jump scare of the action world, right? Where you're trying yeah. to you know you're doing something cheap to hide that there's not really anything there. You know, yeah. we're uh, it's happening so much now too. Like, um, it'll be an entire fight is just somebody jiggling the camera so that you can't see that they're missing their mark. The yeah. Marvel movies are bad about it too. Uh, the newest Star Trek movie did it a bunch too. Yeah. But see, that's that's why I really like this movie. Good, solid, steady cam, 
showing you every second of the fight. And, and people hit their marks. Beautiful. Yeah. It's absolutely gorgeous. Yeah. Um, I love that they make reloading the gun a part, point. a part of the art of it. Like it yeah. is the, like he probably reloads his gun in a dozen different ways yeah. because of the context of the scenario. I like he's his in. flip move with oh, the, he's like, I get this away from me. Yeah. Yeah. It's incredible. I, I, and I love that for two reasons. Number one, it's beautiful and it's unique. Number two, it's more authentic. It's continuity. That's right, exactly. <laughs> yeah, they, they take a second to make sure that you're aware that he is checking his ammo, that he knows how much is in there. Yep. The one time he doesn't, it pays off. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's it's never like he's just shooting, 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 and then you never I see get, him reload. I get the sense. If you really wanted to, you could research these, these ammunitions know their bullet totals in their mags and yeah. count the bullets and it would always be on. That's I don't know that that's true, but I get yeah. the sense that they've done that level of authenticity yeah. with what's going on here, that if you counted the bullets... I know with at least several of those guns, it is certainly true. Yeah, because yeah. he's always finding somebody else's gun or reloading a mag. Um, um, at one point in the movie, they tell you exactly how many bullets are in the magazine. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> He promptly used... You know- I was counted them. Like Maybe we'll talk it. about that in spoilers, because I have a comment on that that kind of gives something away. So it, put okay. it in the back of your brain. We'll talk about it in spoilers. Yep. But um, but yeah, I did. I loved that part part of the movie. I also love, in the first one in this one, the rules of this universe. The world building the is The world great. building is incredible in John thing. Wick. I was really looking forward to seeing more of that in this one. We got a little more. But they also kind of went in some weird ways yes. with it. Uh, mostly just in the way they revealed it um, that I don't know that I love. And that's part of why I, I take it back from being like, I really like this mm-hmm. or um, yeah. I love it. Here's what here's what I love. It feels like a universe. I've done this both with both movies. I, I've gone afterwards and gone, this had to have come from like a graphic novel or, or some, some kind of universe. I did that see is, it was like based on characters by, so I would imagine. But both times I've done the research, it's been like, no, this is, you know, a unique property that they've you know and i'm like man the unit the universe just feels old it feels like there's like yeah yeah like it's been lived in and that you know people have really thought about it and i just the details in it are are really spectacular but they don't they don't baby feed you information a lot of this stuff is still very mysterious right exactly yeah yeah that's the other part of it is too is they don't feel like they have to tell you everything for you to enjoy what's going on. They, they, they give, give you the, just enough, just enough so that you know exactly why what's happening is happening. Yeah. So I, that was another thing I I enjoyed about it. Can I? I'll say this because it actually it's a it trend it transitions from pro into con. Okay, good. So Keanu Reeves is given some dialogue here that is inherently cheesy and campy. For the most part, he does a really good job of making it sound authentic, you know. But there are some times, and here's my transition into cons, where the dialogue is just a little too cheesy. Because Keanu Reeves... Is it specifically his or just in general? I think it's in general, because I think that the era of machismo, cheesy one-liners is gone. And I don't think that Keanu Reeves was ever from that area. I think that era belonged to the Stallones and the Van Dams and the Schwarzeneggers. So whenever you have a movie like Expendables... Oh, and Bruce Willis. And Bruce Willis. So whenever you have a movie like The Expendables, you can expect the cheesy one-liners, and it's okay. I don't think that this this movie is... It feels too modern 
for that type of dialogue to come across as authentic. Except it also feels like a graphic novel. Like, it, it doesn't feel like it's supposed to be authentically our world. Yeah. Like, it's definitely a different universe than we live in. I uh, certainly oh, hope so. Yeah. <laughs> Otherwise, uh, I feel... Uh, yeah. Okay. I don't uh, want to give too much away. I, I do think there there is definitely a, a point to what Andrew's saying. The, the feel of the film outside of some of the dialogue that's spoken is so sleek. It's so professional. Well, look and, at like, how they clean. do this. Look at how they do the subtitles when they subtitle it. Mm-hmm. They don't just put it at the bottom. It's graphic style. You know, like yeah, they, it's like yeah. around. It's colored in you know different parts of the screen and to emphasize and stuff. It's very. Yeah, it does feel very graphic novel esque. Yeah. What about you? Do you have, what's your big negative? I have two. Um, one is I feel like a lot of the heart that was in the first one is missing from this one. And when I say heart in this case, I mean the motivation of John Wick in the first one was so clear. And purposeful, they killed his dog, and he is going to get revenge for it. You know and what I mean? Stole like, his car and stole it. That's right, and stole his car, and he's going to get revenge for it. And it seemed it seemed so much more compelling to me oh, than and this one. Beat the crap out of him. Yeah, yeah, just like the tar straight out of him. And and that goes into the second part of this. I think it's directly tied to my second big negative. Which is, I think it is much more exciting for a character like this, like a kind of an invincible character, you know, somebody who's amazing at all these things. I think it's much more exciting to watch him chase people than be chased. Yeah. I think there's something more interesting about a bulldozer that is bulldozing through a course as opposed to somebody who is trying to escape. Yeah. Especially if they're this character. If you're an everyman like you or me, escape is more tense because you don't know what's going to happen. But with somebody who seems invincible like that, it's more fun to watch them go after something. Well, I like to. Oh, go ahead. Uh, I I agree, um, and that did definitely deliver a blow to this uh, film. It just stole some of the momentum a little bit. But for me. something that they do in this movie and the last movie is he is unstoppable, but he's definitely not like he's That's getting injured. Say. Um, oh sure, and when when I say invincible, I mean the best at what they do. I don't mean literally, like yeah. you know, he he's, he's a absolutely machine. Because yeah. like, well, I mean, in in a uh, prior or uh, action movies of years past, you see uh, the action hero getting injured, but it's usually like something minor, like oh he stepped on glass, right. or you know, like somebody cuts his hand a little bit. Right. But John Wick um, one and two, they don't. He's getting hurt. And it's amazing he's still going, but he's hurt, hurt. Yeah. Like, he needs a hospital sometimes sooner rather than later. Yeah. yeah. Here's the thing also. And in the action movies, well, when, when a character got hurt, they were magically healed the next day. If he gets hurt, that part of him is hurt for the rest of the movie. He's and, still limping. And yeah. it doesn't, and here's the thing, it doesn't dwell on it, though. It doesn't make, it doesn't make it like, like, we're idiots and we can't see it. Like, I, I think... For instance, I'll just use, I don't think this is a spoiler. He gets shot. Yeah. And that that gun wound, <clears throat> you can see how it's affected him through the rest of the movie, but yeah. they don't make a big deal of it. They don't show him like, oh, changing his bandages and, yeah. oh, it's yeah, bleeding they don't, through. He doesn't have to keep that grabbing would ruin it. the right, tempo yeah, of the movie. Yeah, exactly. They have an understanding that, you know, we get it. We understand. I would like to answer something that you brought up in one sure. of your negatives. So you said that you thought that this movie didn't have as much heart in it and you felt that it, you know, yeah. the, the from the first movie, he lost his dog and that there wasn't the really motivation that. seemed different. To so me. here's what I'm thinking about this character. The After watching this movie, I had a revelation. Keanu Reeves is playing two characters in this movie. There's John, 
who is the guy who just wants to retire mm-hmm. and he just wants to just live his life. People right. just leave me alone. And, and then, then there's, there's John Wick. The boogeyman. The boogeyman. The Baba Yaga. And the Baba Yaga the Baba is Duke. constant. Yeah, the Baba Duke. The Baba Yaga is constantly getting in John's way. Like he wants to come out. John yeah, the Baba Yaga wants to kill people. And I think that they, they do kind of explicitly say that. Oh yeah, that's yeah. I think like, so. There are times where like he has a Dr. Jekyll, Mr. Hyde thing about him where he'll come out of being Mr. Hyde. And I'm like, oh, God, what have I done? I just want to go home. But since I've come down from this death high, I've realized I've just made things worse for myself. So maybe the the plot is perhaps less driven by revenge in this one than it is in the first one and more by now it's started. Yeah. yeah. The blood is in the water. I, I have to say uh, as well that there is a huge plot hole. Uh, in this movie that I want to talk about in spoilers um, okay. that that really affected my overall view of kind of the plot of the movie that just didn't lock in for me. Uh, having said that, the main reason a lot of people are going to love this movie is for the stylized violence, the gunplay, the, you know, all that kind of stuff. Uh, so I don't think what I'm going to say in spoilers is going to change that. You know what I mean? Like, it's still going to be... It's marvelous at what it's trying to right. do. Right, yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah, my so. one last thing for this movie is if you love the first movie, you're going to love the second movie. Maybe not as much. Yeah, I think that's But you're going to at least like love it a lot. I think that's fair. <laughs> yeah. yeah. That's my one last thing. You got one last thing, Jareth? Oh, no, I think that's... Mm, no. My one last thing is if you are specifically... Uh, if gun culture is a specific trigger for you, this is not your movie. No. This, well, and I don't just mean the gun violence. Many movies have gun violence, but this movie worships guns in a way that a lot of movies don't. Yeah, they spend so, a lot of time just being like aficionados. Right. Yeah. yeah. And and they talk about the specific kinds of guns. They talk about, you know, so in a lot of that has to do with the authenticity we talked about. But I think it adds an element even deeper for somebody who especially deals with a gun culture, like we've talked about, you know, in the U.S. and those kind of things and deals with problems with the gun culture. It's going to flip some triggers for you, for sure, because this movie definitely worships guns and gunplay. Yeah. Uh, in that way. So but I, would, I would just put that out there true of the first one as well absolutely so no, that's not a difference see the first one and if that's your bag definitely see this one also you have to see the first one to understand the second movie i don't know i, I think the second that one kind of separates I mean, I think, itself i think it's beneficial but um i mean i think i think it will inform you because in i think ways. that there was a lot of world building in the first one yeah, not not plot wise. Well, that's probably true. It's but definitely like, true. But like, what, what what are the coins? What like what's going on with this? Who is this guy? I think a lot of that stuff it would make it so much easier going into the second one. Oh yeah, yeah. but it's like, it's not a direct continuation though. So like, you're not going to be absolutely lost. But you're you're right. It is a super good idea. Before we get into our best ever Keanu Reeves movies, uh, just a reminder: there are many ways you can interact with this show. Uh, you're probably listening on a podcast feed. That's fine. If you would like to listen live, you can go to Mixler.com slash Studio DNA and sign up to follow Studio DNA. And then when we go live, you'll get a notification. You can come hang out with us and listen to the recording live. 
Uh, you can also, if you're part of our Patreon supporters, you can also have your own special podcast feed where you get extra content. Uh, all the podcasts from the show will show up there, including ones that don't show up in the regular podcast feed. So that starts at three bucks a month. And we're so thankful for the many people who decide to make this possible for us to have this equipment and do what we do here in the bunker. So thank you for being a supporter of Studio DNA. It's patreon.com slash studio DNA. That's P-A-T-R-E-O-N.com slash studio DNA. And thank you so much for doing that. All right, let's move on to our best ever challenge for this week. Hooray. We're going to pick our best ever Keanu Reeves movies. We'll each do number three through number one. And if somebody picks a movie that you have higher on your list, Trump, you just yell Trump, Trump, and we'll wait to talk about it until he gets to you on your list. So that's how it works. And uh, we'll do some honor. We'll mention some honorable mentions Good. at the end once we're through. Starting with number three, and I'm going to start this time, and we'll go uh, to Jareth second, and then Andrew, you will finish. Uh, my number three is Point Break. Good call. No Trumps. All right. Good. Love that movie. Uh, yeah, and this was this was one of the first movies where I realized that Keanu Reeves didn't have to be a great actor to be a great action star. You know yeah. what I mean? Like, there's something interesting about him and his his work. Where when he's doing action stuff, it's just it's like he's in his place. He's not versatile, and I've no, I've I don't criticized other actors for it, but at this point, he's not trying to be. Yeah, he knows where he sits, and he's great at where he is. Yeah, yeah, I agree. All right, what's your number three, Jareth? Uh, my number three, I think, is Johnny Mnemonic. Ooh, <laughs> yeah. What do you love about that movie? Um, for one, the world building, uh, that the world is interesting. It's been a while since I've seen it. So. And it's one of my first introductions into the, uh, the greater cyberpunk idea. And I love, uh, cyberpunk. Oh yeah. There's a That's lot the one of, where he had like the information, like yeah, put in his head. Yeah. Uh, he's a data runner. Yeah. He's, yeah. Well, he's had a couple movies where the information has been put in his head, but <laughs> <laughs> Touché. Um, yeah, he's also played nine different characters named John. I don't know if you know that. <laughs> really? Nine. Like, honestly? Yeah. I mean, for the most part, he mostly just plays the same character. Yeah. But, um, yeah, I, I don't know. I just, that world no, I get that. and that, that whole thing has always entranced me because I saw it as a kid, probably a lot younger than I should have, like most of the movies I've seen, and it was awesome. I was just like blown away. Let me ask you guys this because I, I, I've I'm on record as saying that I would absolutely do this kind of stuff. Would you guys do any kind of like so- cyber additions to your body? Like if they oh, came yeah. out with like you know Easily. super seeing eyes or like embedded you know uh, speakers in your ears like blue embedded bluetooth speakers that were just you know part of your ears or an embedded microphone near your mouse so robot you even, arm yeah or anything my, what my main thing that i want is like a information implementation like just download data directly to my brain man i yeah, wonder how to fix a car Doop. Yeah, that's, <laughs> no, but my, see, that's way down. The, if that ever happens, that's way down the line. Actually, the, the they're I, saying that's a lot closer than we think. Well, but I, I still got to think like, you know, uh, super eyesight and those kind of things are closer than that, like implementing those kind of cybernetics. Yeah, I would definitely go with augmentation. Nice. Um, yeah. I would want to research it. You are my people. Pretty, I would yeah. want to research it pretty heavily before I move forward, but yeah. I would definitely do Gen 2, Gen 3 before I was Gen 1. Yeah. Because <laughs> yeah. Gen 1 tends to have a lot were of you bugs Gen in 1, it. Were you Gen 1? Because I know you've done LASIK, right? Were you Gen 1 on LASIK? I think it was Gen 2 on LASIK because okay. I did the actual laser instead of the uh, razor. So. Ugh. 
Oh God! But, well, I didn't know there was a razor when, stage. Okay, of that. When, I didn't either. No, no, they did. Uh, they did uh, razor shaving, which they did use a razor. <laughs> that did not make it better. They actually did have. To, whenever they did LASIK for me, they did do the razor thing where they slice the eye and then they lift it up and oh, then the laser. No. The I, laser didn't, I didn't. Out, I then, didn't mean to go into detail on how this nope. worked. I just was asking in general questions. I was Gen. I was Gen two. I'll you're just, no, you're number two. three. You're number I'm three, s- Andrew. What's I'm your number three? So out, <laughs> Constantine. Oh, interesting. Another character even, where he was named John. I didn't even have that on my honorable mentions. What do you love about Constantine? Oh, Trump. man. Oh! oh, 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 oh. <laughs> All right. All right. My number two is Speed. It was an honorable mention. Um, I... I go back to this movie often. It is cheesy as all get out. Uh, the scenery chewing that... Um, why do I? Why am I forgetting? He's the villain. Why am I forgetting his name? John. Anyways, uh, the scenery chewing he does as a villain is amazing. Den- uh, Dennis Hopper is. Yeah, it's Hopper. Den- yeah, yeah it's I didn't Hopper. need to Google it. I nice. didn't need to Google it. Get there without it. Not Google. even a John. Yeah. Um, <laughs> Jeff Daniels in a nice little performance. Yeah. Uh, and Sandra Bullock and Keanu Reeves in just uh, just a perfect silly action concept. And it just it, it keeps you all the way through. It's got great momentum to it. It's it's. One of my favorite old action movies. So. Oh, it's great. Yeah, I love Speed. What's your number Actually, two? Dang it! Can I switch? I want to make I want to make Constantine my three and Johnny Mnemonic number two. <laughs> is Constantine your number two? How dare you steal? Con- my- no, no, you have to have it as your number two. You yeah, stole you already it from stole me. it. You already trumped okay, it. Okay, fine. Uh, Constantine's my number two. All right, yeah. well, let's talk about it now. Um, what do you guys like about it? Well, um, okay. For one, it was my introduction to uh, Constantine, which is John Constantine's a cool character. Yeah, he's not really like what uh, in in the comics. He's not he's what totally different. Yeah, but the the universe is cool, and uh, the idea of like the paranormal and stuff like that's uh, always appealed to me. So I don't know. It was just like a perfect storm of stuff. Cool. Just like every all of the mythologies thrown thrown together and then rolled with it. In a really cool way. I've seen it. I really don't remember anything from it. Nothing stuck with really? me. Yeah, about it. So you guys will have to help. He's, I mean, tell me a little bit about like the the action in it. Is that what you liked? Like the story? Like no, you know, it was, what is it was the religious aspect of it and how it actually it didn't matter if it was heaven or hell. Every just everything just seemed dark. Like everything was against humanity yeah oh interesting it's, a, it's yeah, a dark world and either you're good or you're bad even if you're good and bad okay yeah uh because like the idea is that john is doomed he's going to go to hell yeah no Nothing matter he can do no hmm. matter how good he becomes that's going to be his fate does that sound a little like like ghost rider in some ways is he kind of a similar character i don't think to... ghost rider's damned to hell i think he's an agent of hell i mean i think he, that's kind of like wouldn't that be sort of a technicality there yeah. he's already owned <laughs> by yeah. them that's what i mean i mean it sounds like kind of a similar kind well, of idea john went to hell it, like he died like he committed suicide in the movie i'm talking about the movie here yeah so he he killed himself because he was born with the ability to see spiritual uh, walkers. Like he saw demons and angels walk along, walk in on Earth, and he couldn't take it anymore. So he killed himself. Since he was a suicide, this movie really relies on Catholicism. Like locks that uh, yeah. hard okay. Catholicism in. Yeah. So since he was a suicide, he went to hell. They revived him. Now he's back on Earth, and but he's he has trying seen all of this. But he's and seen he now all of it. knows. And since he knows... He's and trying to buy his way into heaven. 
because the as one of the characters in it uh, tells him, the fact that he knows that there is another side has already barred him from entry. Yeah. Mm. Interesting. And also, one last thing I'll say about this uh, is that this movie also, which just like uh, John Wick Chapter 2, had Peter Stormare in one of my favorite representations of the devil God, yeah. ever. He was the best devil on screen. <laughs> also, just Peter Stormare all the time. If I had a con- another con for uh, uh, John Wick 2, it's underuse of Peter Stormare. Yeah, not enough Peter Stormare. Was he super evil? In, the devil? In the yeah. Dev- oh, yeah. See, this is my my main problem with with characterizations of the devil is that he the, like he would come across as that evil because like the devil would be the nicest, you, sweetest. Yeah, like did you see? Well, that's well, why you should watch Lucifer on uh, Fox. Well, I was gonna I was gonna ask you about the TV. There was a TV show that I think Kevin Smith wrote for that was on a while back um, that had a, a great representation of the devil that I always liked because he was just like you could tell he was slimy, but it was you know he always seemed like. You, know. you definitely get slimy from the Peter Stormare devil, and you know that he's evil, but he... But everything else in the movie's evil, too. Yeah. Well, that's true. You're in a different... Yeah, you're and in also, a different universe. And also, when you see him and he's talking, he's talking directly to somebody that he knows he's got in his pocket. Right, yeah. yeah. So there's, yeah, there's no, uh, so, no need to hide it. Yeah. What's your, uh, your number two, Andrew? I'm going to go with Bill and Ted's Bogus Journey. Not Incredible Adventure. I actually like Bogus Journey more. Wow. Yeah. You know what? That's fair. When I was, uh, I used to. Uh, I don't anymore, but I used to. Uh, yeah. No, I would definitely put. Another um, movie where. Uh, Big Adventure. You you like Excellent Adventure Excellent more. Excellent Adventure. Yeah, yeah, I like that more. Station, man. Station. It's in my honorable mentions. Oh, man. Alex Winter, Keanu Reeves, and the late, great. Help me out, guys. I feel like an idiot now. Uh. George I'll look Carlin? it up. George Carlin, thank you so much. In George Carlin, George Carlin was great in that movie, and it's homage to uh, Doctor Who before people in America knew right? who Doctor Who was. It blew my mind when I realized after I started watching Doctor Who and I, I realized what was going on. Did you think that Doctor Who was ripping off? Bill no, Ted? no, I knew, I knew Doctor Who. I knew Doctor Who had been around many decades. So <laughs> okay. my, my dad was a Whovian, so no, oh, I did really? Not. Yeah. So that, you knew that, that reminds me of my boys. When they watch Star Wars, they're like, oh, they got that from Toy Story. <gasps> nope. <laughs> no. Wrong. Like, wrong. I don't know wrong. that you could be wrong. any wronger. But no, I a cult classic movie that holds up to this day. And unfortunately, it gave Keanu Reeves that cliched typecasting for that a really type long time. Yeah. Of that stoner typecast. Well, the surfer, really, more than stoner. Yeah, that's probably true. The bro. Yeah. He was the bro. He's so good, though. Yeah, yeah so good, good. I think everybody has... Oh, wait, have you given your number two yet? Yeah, yeah, I started. I think everybody has the same number I, It's one. not. I mean, it's not a It's not a surprise. The Matrix is my number one. Yeah. Uh, my number one is Bill and, Ted, Bill and Ted's Excellent Adventure. Nice! Oh, okay. and, you're the, and you've got the Matrix, the Matrix as well? Yeah. Uh, let's, let's talk about the Matrix first, then, um, okay. and just say that, I mean, it's the Matrix. I mean, <laughs> it's like... <laughs> what it's, do you have to say? So many movies, uh, intentionally or unintentionally, owe their art style to this movie. And well, it, technically, it's hard. The Matrix owes a lot of it stuff to Ghost in the Shell coming out. I, I get that. I okay. totally get that. I'm just saying, before this movie, it had not been a mainstream thing that people had seen. And you forget, like, when I came out of The Matrix, I was just, my mind was blown. Like, I could, I like, the stuff they pulled off. And not only that, how deep 
the philosophical stuff in it was, and I, I was just I was I was blown away by the Matrix. So. The Matrix introduced America to wire work in a way mm-hmm. that it had never known. Yeah, yeah, exactly. And bullet time. Like so many innovations, so came so from many the things that have become action staples. Right? Yeah, um, I, I kind of compare I, in, in with what you're saying. I think this comparison works. I compare it to what Apple does with their products. You know, the iPhone is considered the first real smartphone. Well, there were smartphones before. It's just the, the first. It's popular. just they were the one that that you know is for, and they've done this with a They're lot the of Nirvana different ideas. Of smartphones. <laughs> yes, exactly. <laughs> Man, those visuals hold up for a seven. An 18-year-old movie. Yeah. It's like Jurassic Park. I don't think... Because it's so much practical effects. Like the wire work and stuff like that. That combat. And I think that the introduction to for Americans to Agent Smith and that villain, he reset what a lot of people think a villain should be. Yeah. Yeah, yeah it was and, interesting. Um, God, why can't I remember his name? The guy who plays Agent Smith. I love him to death. Um, that is, uh, oh, why'd you have to say that? Now I can't remember it. <laughs> it's the worst. Google has made us all forget everything. <laughs> it's like, we uh, just look do- it up. No, no we're talking about Hugo Weaving. Yeah, Hugo Weaving. Yeah. I was doing also that from for Lord years of the before, yeah. uh, before Google came out. Phenomenal so. in Hacksaw Ridge, by the way. So oh, also, yeah, he was super good in Hacksaw Ridge. Also super good in... Um, v for Vendetta. That's his best performance. He's very good in every... Wait, who is he? Oh, he's yeah, V. <laughs> Holy cow! Hugo Weaving is a V in V for Vendetta. What? Did you not know this? Mine. It's my blown. favorite Hugo Weaving performance. Yeah, yeah. now it's mine. <laughs> <laughs> nice. Uh, let's talk about uh, Excellent Adventure then. We've kind of mentioned some of our favorite oh, yeah, Bill and yeah. Ted, Ted stuff, but you know, why is it your favorite? Because it's one of the funnest movies I've ever watched. Yeah. Like I could go back to that movie confidently and have fun. Yeah, and just the the way they play with time and history, and you know, it's absurd. And normally, you know, a time travel movie, I'm like, I want the rules and all these. No, nah, I don't even care. No, I guess maybe I saw this at just the right time in my life to lock it in. But yeah. and it's and it's a weird allegory for learning about history. Like there, it's almost like an educational movie in some ways. You know, <laughs> sort of. Yeah. <laughs> Just he's not named Socrates, and right. uh, Napoleon is bad at bowling. Apparently, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no, it's a lot of fun. I can't, uh, yeah, I can't fault you on that one. Honorable mention, yeah. Um, a lot of mine have already been mentioned, but I'll go ahead and throw out uh, John Wick, which you know that was can, the only other one on my list. Um, I'll also throw out, even though it's only a voice performance, Keanu. I really thought that movie was funny, and it you know shares his name, so it should be mentioned. Uh, Scanner Darkly. Did you guys see a Scanner oh, Darkly? A really good I movie. haven't seen it. It's a really good movie. Yeah, it's good. Oh my god, he does voice. He voices the cat in Keanu, doesn't he? Yeah, that is my new favorite thing that I just remembered. <laughs> um, and then Parenthood. Uh, yeah, it's a good film. And yeah. uh, I enjoy. I know a lot of people don't, but I enjoy um, uh, Much Ado About Nothing. Even though his performance in that is really out of place, yeah. that movie is really enjoyable to me. I don't. Like I'm, this I'm a Shakespeare movie. fan yeah. too, though. So I don't like this movie, but. There are so many people, especially Zach, who over at Flick Freaks runs our Twitter page. He would kill me if I didn't mention it. I don't like Bram Stoker's Dracula. Yeah. A lot of people love that movie. Yeah. And we're just not, not talking, in this room. <laughs> and we're not talking about best Keanu Reeves performance. We're talking about no, movies. Movie. Best I think a lot his of people love that movie. Performance is horrible in that it's movie. Horrible in that movie. It's one of the worst things about that movie. Um, yeah. I think it's a good movie, though. 
Not a fan like, and, at uh, all. Nobody mentioned A Walk in the Clouds? Is that not? I don't <laughs> know that movie. <laughs> I'm just yeah. kidding. I thought of one worth mentioning. It's okay. a total art house film, but uh, The Neon Demon. Yeah, I knew he was in Neon Demon. I didn't really like Neon Demon. I thought it was I thought, okay. it, was, I thought it was ridiculous. Nicholas Winning Refn definitely has a type of film he, he likes so, to make. The metaphor in it was so overt and hit you over the head that I was just like, whatever. I, I just I, That one left a bad taste in my mouth. <laughs> Hey, I see what you did there. Yeah, yeah, there we go. I don't get it. I haven't seen the movie. Yeah, well, yeah. you don't want to get it. Yeah. Uh, you Uh-oh. don't. You don't want to. Understand. You don't want to get that. You pun. don't want to understand. I think I get the pun now. Yeah. <laughs> All right, uh, on to our buried treasure, uh, Andrew. Why don't you start us off? What's your buried treasure this week? Speaking of Ian McShane, so there's a TV show coming out. I think it's on. Uh, it's either Stars or Showtime, but it's coming out this year based on a book that I just finished reading the first novel of called American Gods. Have either of you Mm-mm. heard about this book nope. series, Jareth? Uh, no, I don't okay. think so. So um, Ian McShane is going to be one of the main stars in this show that had me sold already, but it's a really good book series. American Gods is about this man who just got out of prison. So the book series is your buried treasure? Yes, the book okay. series is my buried treasure. Um, and he just got out of prison because his wife was murdered and they let him out like three days early. So he's going to his wife's funeral and he's sitting on a plane next to a man named Mr. Wednesday. Mr. Wednesday says, I'm sorry to hear about your wife. If you need work, I need somebody to go around with me around the world to protect me. Turns out he's Odin. Mm. And what this sh- uh, book series is about is... From the all- Garfield comic? Odin? Yes. Odin, yeah. <laughs> oh, no, wait, that's Odin. That's Odin, yeah. <laughs> yeah, that's Odin. But um, turns now out... Now I just can't imagine... The- I have to imagine Odin with, like, one eye. <laughs> well, hey, with one eye listen, and holding pros. a skull. Listen, dog. God. God. Yeah. Just reverse. Yeah. <laughs> so it turns out all the gods from all the mythologies are real. And it's one of those, if you believe in something, it comes true... So people's belief... I believe I have a million dollars. No, it was like the religious belief, like a a group of people believing in something like manifested it into reality. So all these gods are real, but they just walk around like normal people. They're just immortal. But Like Percy Jackson? Yeah, sort of like that, except now there are new gods the gods of technology because so many people like praise like technology now. So like Google is a God. Like there are like the technology gods and they're at war with the gods of old. What? It's that all of a sudden took a really surrealistic turn. That's really interesting. It's super interesting. Super fascinating. Definitely mature. This is not a for adults for adults. Yeah. It's super fascinating because you get introduced to gods that you may not, you know, from mythology. And I'm a huge mythology buff. So seeing all these cool gods from Russian mythology. You must have been super excited for those gods of Egypt movies. (laughs) (laughs) They're very well uh, portrayed in this book series. Very good. Very good. I guess I'll go next with my buried treasure. Um, I am going to talk a little bit about a show on Amazon called Sneaky Pete. Uh, and this stars Giovanni Ribisi. It's produced by Brian Cranston, who also acts in it as well. Uh, it is really good. Here's the thing. It's a con man show. And any kind of con man movie or show is going to depend a lot on how you feel about the actual con. 
that's going on. And at the end of this first season, I really enjoyed what they did with the con stuff in okay. this in the show. So if you like, um, you know, the, those kind of, you know, confidence man kind of stories, I think there's a lot of fun here for you. Plus, I think Rabisi is a fun actor. I, I really enjoy his performance here. Who Grant, is he? Cranston's Giovanni Rabisi. Giovanni yeah. Rabisi. Okay, he was an avatar. He was in Saving Private Ryan. In Saving Private Ryan, he was the one who got shot. He was the medic. And oh, he's like, okay. Yeah. That heartbreaking yeah. scene. Yeah, I've liked him for a while. I just he has a different kind of presence on screen than a lot of people have, and so it's it's fun to see him kind of at the center of this. Uh, and then of course Cranston's chewing scenery in this is kind of the main villain. He's in and out of it. Um, but it's I I really enjoyed it. It's ten episodes first season and ends in a way that I think uh, really wraps up the first season well and also. Come, you know, catapults it into a second season. So, Sneaky Pete's one of those shows I've been on the fence about picking up. I've just been waiting for somebody to pull the trigger and say, "Yeah, it's definitely one worth picking up." Well, so. consider me having pulled the trigger. I appreciate that. Um, Thank you. S- Sneaky Pete is, I think, worth a watch. I will say, speaking of pulling the trigger on something, uh, it has been a buried treasure on this show and been recommended. I'm finally watching this. Uh, this is us. <gasps> so I'm enjoying that. And- yeah. It, it is definitely one of those shows where you get the sense that it's like this sappy soap opera y, you know, network television show. And that's not all untrue, but there's something smarter going on there than that gives it credit for. There's yeah. there's some really smart things going on with that show that that I think uh that make it so worth watching much. every week. So yeah, it's good stuff. Uh, Jareth, what do you got? Okay, so I guess I'm just gonna do another video game. Cool. That's my wheelhouse. Um, so recently I've been playing. In fact, uh, we've been working together on a series for it. Um, Seven Days to Die. Okay. It's a survival horde crafting game. So, okay, so we watched the movie last night. Afterwards, uh, Andrew is asking, hey, you guys want to do day four? And I'm yes. like, what are they talking? Is this what you guys were talking about? Yeah. yeah. Okay. Does it literally happen over seven days? Like, No, it can go beyond seven days. Okay. The, the game... Uh, starts you out, and each day um, you're gathering resources during the day, and at night... It sounds like Pikmin! Yeah. <laughs> kind of, <laughs> especially like a horror, horror-based Minecraft. A horror-based yeah. Minecraft. So, nice. um, you're gathering resources and building during the day, and at night, zombies, which they're out during the day, they're just slow, shambling, you know, like Romero mm-hmm. zombies, they're not a huge threat unless you get ambushed or overwhelmed. At night, they become like Feral. 28 days later, runners who are going to hunt you down. So you have to Like World War Z zombies. Yeah. Yeah. You have to build defenses, um, and you have a wide array, a massively wide array of resources you can collect and things you can build. It almost sounds like a tower defense game, then, in some ways, because it's like... On day seven. You're building building your defenses while they're slow so that you can withstand the onslaught. Yeah. And Overnight. Then, yeah, and then on the night of day seven, the horde comes. Uh-oh. And things get out of hand. So you've got to be prepared for every seven days. The The end of each week is uh, a steadily harder horde. James McAvoy shows up. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> um, it's an incredibly fun game. Uh, I would definitely suggest getting it on computer. Because it yeah. was released for uh, Xbox one and PS4, but that is a very different game. Okay, Star Killer can handle it. Yeah, and will uh, very likely. That's my computer, by the way. Yeah, for, it's named Star Killer. That's an awesome name. Thank you for that. Uh, and it'll likely progress less than the computer game, which is still early access, but a very complete game, all things considered. Okay, cool. 
Definitely worth the like 30 bucks that it is. Yeah. Very cool. Well, we did it, guys. Hey, we did a podcast. Huzzah. Hooray! Podcasting has happened. Hooray! Thanks so much for joining us today on Sif Pop. It is part of the Studio DNA Podcast Network. You can find out more about other live and later shows on the network by following the feed at mixler.com slash studio DNA. Mixler, by the way, spelled M I X L R.com slash studio DNA. Huge thanks again to today's guru, Jareth from All Tower Media Podcast.com. He's the greatest. Who said that? <laughs> Thank you. Do you have anything specific you want to let people know about? All Tower Media Podcast.com. Uh, we do the spoiler cast over there. It is, as the name suggests, a spoiler cast. So All spoilers all the time. Uh, it isn't, we're not like, you know, we don't run straight for the spoilers, but we set up our show in such a way as to not, not hold anything yeah, back. Yeah, of course. Uh, and we have a lot of fun. I do that with uh, Roper. He's been on uh, Flick Freaks with me and Andrew. And cool. Andrew's on with us every now and then. It's a lot of fun. Awesome. Well, thank you for being here. Uh, it's your second time, right, on the show? Uh, unless another time happened and I forgot. <laughs> nope. Nope. It's number two. Cool. Cool. was your first time. Uh, I, I love having you on. Appreciate Thanks. you being here. I, I really very do. much appreciate being invited. Much love and gratitude as well to our Patreon supporters who give monthly to make this show and others on the Studio DNA Podcast Network possible. Support starts at $3 a month, comes with some pretty fun perks, including your own dedicated podcast feed where you can hear exclusive content. You can find out more information at patreon.com slash studio DNA. Also, if you wouldn't mind letting somebody know about the podcast, if you like it, just find a friend who may enjoy pop culture as well, as well and say, hey, have you heard about this podcast? You might like it. Uh, we'd appreciate it. That is the main way people find out uh, about what we do is because a friend tells them that they enjoy Tie it. Time so. to a chair, put some uh, headphones on them, make them listen. Yeah. Do yeah. what you got to do. Clockwork Orange style, you yeah. know, yeah. feel their eyes open. Get it out there. Uh, if there's anything else you want to say, uh, any info, you know, any ideas for the show, any questions that you might have for us, you can email us feedback at sifpop.com. Get ahead of the postage rate increases this year with stamps.com. It's like your own personal post office. Sign up with promo code program for a four week trial, plus free postage and a free digital scale. No long term commitments or contracts. That's stamps.com code program. As humans, we're naturally driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search, match with Indeed. When I was looking to hire someone, it was so slow and overwhelming. I wish I had used Indeed. If you need to hire, you need Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. And Indeed doesn't just help you hire faster. 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites, according to a recent Indeed survey. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash podcast. That's Indeed.com slash podcast. Terms and conditions apply.